a factual data creation facility production. Welcome to the Straight From The Desk podcast, a podcast where I discuss but three things. Two are topical, while the last can be considered as flexible. So sit back and enjoy. If you like what you hear, click on that donation link, which can be found within the show notes. Any donation will be appreciated. So let's get started. How are you doing today? First up, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., son of Senator Robert F. Kennedy and nephew of John F. Kennedy, has announced his intention to oppose current President Biden for the 2024 Democratic Party primary nomination for president. Mr. Kennedy, who descends from Democratic Party royalty's announcement, was met with both indifference and downright hostility amongst the Democratic faithful, along with their leftist allies. Though Mr. Kennedy is a Democrat, I guess he's not the right kind of Democrat. What were Robert F. Kennedy's junior sins? Well, he seems to possess a rare condition among modern Democratic Party members. Mr. Kennedy appears to have the ability to think critically and comes to his own conclusions. Imagine that. You just can't do that within the modern Democratic Party. He has demonstrated this by cautioning people about the COVID vaccinations, mostly the mRNA types, and not to blindly follow what is referred to as the science. Mr. Kennedy has also recently made clear that he doesn't care for the incoming FedNow program and a shift to central bank-issued digital currency. The reactions from the Democratic National Committee and its elite leftist lackeys, who happen to man in control over 90% of this country's news media, were predictable, branding the man a conspiracy theorist and gasp an anti-vaxxer. Just take a gander at Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s Wikipedia page and you'll see that the Internet's Leftists Incorporated, or the new fascists as I like to call them, have been busy laying the groundwork for his eventual cancellation. Right after Mr. Kennedy announced his candidacy, the malicious wiki page editors went to work. I don't think Mr. Kennedy has a shot at winning the nomination, which is unfortunate. I do hope that his campaign, if they allow him to conduct one, pulls the Democratic Party towards the center, back from the radical far left where it resides now. I have my doubts, though. We'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Next. Last week saw yet another massive intelligence leak of classified material from the government, this particular one from the Pentagon. The leaked intelligence concerned the war in Ukraine and reflected estimated casualties from both sides, the disposition of NATO-supplied weapons provided to Ukraine, and the types and dates of future weapons deliveries to the war-torn country. Also part of the leak were details of intelligence the U.S. has acquired on our allies. Now, the media is trying to put a damper on this story by not even calling it a leak. They're rolling out the usual suspects, in this case retired members of the intelligence community, sympathetic to the cause, saying either that this was probably a Russian intelligence operation, gee, where have we heard that before, or that though the documents appear authentic, they seem to have been altered. I'm not in a position to confirm anything, but it's been reported that the Pentagon and the Department of Justice have launched investigations in order to find the source of the leak. So what is that telling you? Another thing. Now, it might be a case of selective memory on my part, but it seems the majority of major intelligence and military boondoggles, at least in post-Vietnam war times, 
occurred the most under Democratic Party administrations. Are your memories the same as mine? Now, there's been an update to this case. A young airman from the National Guard was arrested. I'll have more on that next week. Finally, in more evidence that many parts of the federal government have been weaponized against the citizens of the United States itself, documents dug up by a House of Representatives commission investigating this weaponization show that the Federal Bureau of Investigation, once the most trusted law enforcement agency in the country, sent undercover agents into Catholic churches, which hold traditional Latin masses looking for evidence of domestic extremists. Apparently finding none, the FBI then tried to develop confidential sources within these parishes. Hmm. Why the sudden interest in the Catholic Church, especially parishes that offer the traditional Latin Mass? Well, according to the non-mainstream news organization, the Post-Millennial, who are one of the few news outlets reporting on this, it seems this, quote, investigation, unquote, was launched by the FBI shortly after the Southern Poverty Law Center, or SPLC, declared that traditional Latin masses and its attendees are white supremacists and domestic terrorists. Now, you might ask if the SPLC presented any evidence of domestic extremism within these Latin masses before placing them on one of their lists. Well, of course, no. But I'll bet they had their suspicions that it was going on. I mean, heterosexual Christian white male equals bad to the SPLC. Now, never mind that many females and races probably attended these masses. The SPLC is the same outfit that said that the hand sign representing OK was actually a secret symbol for white supremacy, which was actually a troll from the 4chan site. The SPLC also had one of its employees, a lawyer no less, recently arrested outside of Atlanta, Georgia, who was amongst violent Antifa black bloc terrorist cells who had been trying to block and destroy a law enforcement training facility in the area. These actual domestic terrorists managed to destroy equipment before being arrested and charged with domestic terrorism. You've probably noticed that the story and coverage of that event has all but disappeared. Yet the FBI and other federal law enforcement agencies and even the Department of Justice entertain accusations and suspicions of groups such as the SPLC and others that feed them and use this to launch not only investigations but operations against the accused. Now, what do organizations like the SPLC, Due Diligence, the ACLU, NewsGuard, and many other ultra-left, censorship-driven organizations have in common? Well, they all operate with some kind of government funds. In fact, some receive most of their operating funds via grants from the U.S. government. If these organizations are not directly funded by the U.S. government, they are given funds by fellow leftist organizations who receive funds directly from the U.S. government. The problem I have with this taxpayer-funded support of these leftist entities is that no real conservative nonprofits have the same level of funding via the government, if at all. Do you think a conservative organization such as Judicial Watch receive any grants from the U.S. government? I'd guess that would be a hard no. Not that they would want funds from the government anyway. I think our politicians should take the time and actually read the monetary authorization bills that fund these non-government organizations, most of whom seem hostile towards our present system of government and want to replace it with a socialist utopia. As far as these lists that the Southern Poverty Law Center and others like it put out, is there some way to sue these agencies for false accusations or libel? 
You know, the, the Catholic Church has deep pockets. Perhaps they should act as the trailblazers and be the first to sue. What do you think? Before I go, I have to ask, whatever happened to the child-murdering Tennessee Christian school shooter's manifest? If the shooter was a straight Caucasian male, the manifest would be plastered all over the news media 24-7. Well, that will do it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. You can send comments, suggestions, or complaints to sftdpod23 at gmail.com. That's sftdpod23 at gmail.com. Also, why don't you give my other podcast, the Old Fart New Tech Podcast, a, a listen. I'll see you next time. Take care.